With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. And Father, we pray that you will just anoint this message tonight, dear Lord, especially for those who understand there are words of God and they're looking to be ready for what's about to come. So Lord, I'd like to talk tonight about your arm, the word arm and hand and Dear Lord, I pray that the people begin to understand a little bit about this, dear God, and at this precious time. I would like to review this arm and hand in a in a way that maybe they will understand how to do the way of the words a little bit more in regard to these times that are coming, because these times that are coming are very important for us to understand and have faith that there's words or there's works of God that can be enabled if we have the understanding of the knowledge of your words at this time, because we have to have the faith to get it done. I want to read a little bit out of Romans 10 tonight, dear Lord, but I want to also cover, dear Lord, a few episodes in the scriptures that teach us a little bit about your arm, like when you reached out your arm to save Peter from the water and the story about the princess in Egypt when, um, reaching out her hand to to take Moses from the water. I'd like to review that with them. People may not understand that one. My father, I'd also like to talk about how you in the scriptures very clearly, Lord, through David and others, dear God, teach us that your hand is always made available. It's stretched out. What does that mean? People don't really understand that. They They look at it and say, oh, it's like a father stretching out. Well, yes. It is, but there's meaning to it. There's real in-depth, deep understanding and knowledge to it, and I'd like to discuss that tonight. And Lord, I'd like to also review this in relation to what we've been talking about as far as the numbers of 70 and uh, 70 times 7 and so on, because these are important for this day. And I'd like to cover that in, at this, in this um talk tonight, dear Lord, that we might understand. We've been talking about the number 70 times 7. And that is, uh, you know, the fullness of that is 490, 490 years. We're in the, uh, we're coming to the 70th week of Daniel's 70 weeks. And Lord, people need to understand, and I've tried to make it known, that the meaning of 70 is uh, like the eye and the fullness of the eye and and dear Lord, it's the judgment and it's the fullness of that. But 490 is a testimony to this because it's 70 times 7. And you're not talking about just 490 years. <clears throat> you're talking about the measurement of your plan to get it done. And it, it's it's always available. You've always got your arm stretched out. You've always got it done until the time is up, until the judgment is set. And we need to understand that this 70th week is a judgment of us. It's a time where we're going to be judged and we have to fulfill and receive the inheritance. We have to, that, that's what the separation judgment is about. You're going to set them apart and, and let them have 
talents and multiply their talents so they can refine themselves and receive the inheritance of the kingdom, which is the right to call upon the words of God to do enable the good works of God to give glory to the Father and glory to his plan so others may see in turn. You continuously have done this for us throughout the ages. And so you've been working towards this plan the whole time. I've tried to teach people that when they do the way of the words, they should always try to do the way of the words, incorporating in their minds, they're seeing everything in front of them in, in the way of your plan. And try to give glory to God by pointing out that this is part of the plan of the eternal plan. So when we do the way of the words, we, we put emphasis on the work of showing your eternal plan. We're putting emphasis on our inheritance. The number 490, for example, and we, and we can say you know, things about numbers in the Bible because we know that everything is measured, everything is numbered, and everything is called by a name, given a work to do. You don't, you don't make anything. It's not a living thing. Even the stones will call out and speak, as you said. In other words, these things, are, there's a difference between living as a person and living as a child of God and, and taking dominion. But you've put life in your word. And when your word is in something, you can make a donkey speak. You can make a stone speak. You can make a river speak. You can make the trees make sounds. So people hear it as sounds. Dear Lord, everything that has your word in it has the full measure of the Spirit of God in it. Anything is possible. I've tried to make that known. That's why they want to, they should want to understand your words that you made all things by. And dear Lord, these are important. It's extremely important when you look at the fact, dear Lord, in, like in Matthew, um, I think it's uh, 14, 31, when you stretched out your hand and caught Peter when he started to fall. And dear Lord, your hand was, I mean, you were a distance away from him and instantly your hand was there. See, people don't understand the way of the word arm. See, we think of the arm as a physical thing. It's limited by its size and so forth. One arm smaller than another. But you can make the little things great. You can make a small mustard seed to be huge, like the biggest tree in the garden. And a tree is representative of us. And we're also representative of a seed. And our branch is, is part of a tree, so it can become suddenly the greatest tree in the garden. Your arm became the greatest thing in Peter's life. You saved him from the sinking that he was going in because he had taken his eyes off of you and off of your plan. See, when he's looking upon your face, he's looking upon the plan of God because you do all things in the ways of the plan of God, your plan. That's why you said 70 times seven. seven that, that is the work that's been given to finish what it says in Daniel 9, 24, anoint you as king, which is bring forth the kingdom of God. When that occurs, all the word will be finished, as it says in Revelation 10 in the, in the little book. It's going to be finished at that time. The book is going to come to an end as far as the completion of the testimony of you to fulfill the judgment. And fulfill the right to the inheritance. In other words, it'll all be done. Everybody's going to be inherited. Well, I've received it. There's always hope with you. But the people will have to then make a choice of martyrdom after that 70th week. Because at the end of that 70th week comes the 42 weeks of the Antichrist. People have to understand. If they could understand and grasp this, they would understand it's impossible for the Antichrist to come forward until after your 70th week. 
We are in the fifth beast kingdom now. This is the one that symbolizes might and power. And they're comparing their power and their might to God. I've heard them say, it's not necessary for the Lord to come back. Because we have the ability and the knowledge to overcome all the evil ones in the world and, and reduce the population and restore the earth. No, they don't. They're listening to the devil and he's going to have them destroy it. The proof is in the pudding. We have had a continuous increase in desert land on the earth. Because they're not taking care of the earth, and it is not climate change, it is not global warming, it's greed. It's from greed. They will not listen to God, they will not handle and take dominion over the animals in the way of God. Now, the 490, the number 490 is very interesting. And remember what I was pointing it out with Peter is that arm saved him. But I want to point out to you that it seems back in the days of the Pharaoh, that in the time of Moses, when the princess reached out her hand, the word that's translated as the handmaiden collected him, isn't that? That word can be also translated because of the meaning of it is arm. It can be written slightly different, but the way it's written, even the sages believe, some of them, that it's the arm was stretched out and supernaturally brought it in. Because later on in verse 10 in the Exodus, Exodus 2, 2 and 2, 5, I think it is when she stretched out her hand, it says the handmaiden. But go back and look at the Hebrew and you'll find that the Hebrew word, even Rashi and others talk about the, the uh, sages, some of the sages say that it stretched out the hand. But remember that the hand is, is in this case, that's why you say cubit. God uses a cubit because he's talking about from the elbow to the end of the middle finger. And that's a hand, a cubit. See, there's a difference between the palm of your hand and that arm. Because when God is talking about the measurement of the cubit, a measurement of the hand is that. He's talking about the elbow, the top, uh, the point of the elbow to the middle finger. Why? It's because everything is measured. See, the word 490, which is 70 times 7, when you look at it and you look at the gematria, and as I started to say before, we can say that the gematria doesn't mean anything. But you have to understand that God did everything. I wrote a book called The Testament of Numbers, and what you see is the numbers testify. Now, I'm not a big fan of Bible codes. I believe that they're correct, but they're good for testifying to things that's past but I don't think they should be used for prophecy and to point out things. They're very, you can make a number code out of any book in the world, basically. But the Bible code is unique and God is unique. And I believe Bible code is accurate, but you have to take it with a full measure. Now, the way you understand the truth of this is not by just taking Bible code and doing it or numbers, gematria. Gematria is when you, every Hebrew letter, for example, is uh, uh, also representing a number. So when you add up the letters, the words of a, the letters of a word, their numerical value of the, what it means if you were using those numbers to count, then that would be the summation of the numerical value of that word. That's called gematria. So the gematria of a word is different than a Bible code where they you know, equally space letters and they try to find out and make a puzzle and puts it together. I believe it's all there. But it has to do something else. It has to testify 
to the work being done by the name of the person and the, and the place and the words of God. In other words, it's all measured by the words of God. If those things do not correlate, then it's not accurate. They must correlate to the plan of the words of God and the plan of righteousness. Judgment comes, but righteousness is God's goal. So everything is done in the way of righteousness and the work of righteousness. And if you want to be successful, you do everything in the way of the righteousness. And then you overcome the world. It says you can overcome the, the, word, uh, the world by the word of God, the testimony, and his blood. But, but you have to understand, you have to do that in the way of the words with understanding and knowledge. It's by knowledge you overcome these. Now, I want to get to the point here. When we talk about the number 490, it's an awesome number. It represents the time, times, inheritance, and uh, measurement. It also is a time of the ashamed and abomination because it's both ways. In other words, at the time when the Lord's 70th week is done, the people will be made ashamed or they will be rewarded. If we've been set apart in the kingdom, it's like at the end of the 70 years, so many people, very few people came back to Israel. The rest of them stayed in Babylon. They chose that life. They'd gotten used to it and accustomed to it. And they loved it. They didn't come back and build the city because it was tough. See, when, when you come back and you do the work of God, he blesses it, but you have to persevere. And the blessing of that is greater than it would have been for all those that lost and stayed in Babylon. Now, I pointed out the number 490 has to do with inheritance. It has to do with perfection. It has to do with judgment. So we must keep that in mind when we do these things, and you'll begin to see. But the interesting thing about those verses is like when you talk about the times, that word that's measured out to be uh, 490, Hebrews 8, 5, 4, 3, the word is tamol, tamoli. I think is how they pronounce it. It's called times. But that is used in Genesis 31, 5, where Jacob is talking about how he's worked for these amount of days, appointed days. See, the times can, in that word that's used, it also means appointed time, which is what 490 is testifying to. And then it talks about the inheritance, and you go into the inheritance, and you go to Numbers 36, 7, and he's talking about the inheritance of the uh people in the tribes that the idea is you're supposed to marry into the tribe that you're in so you perpetuate the work of that tribe now that is like it's pointing to this day when we're going to marry the lord and we're going to work for the kingdom of god and we will not be able to work for these others otherwise we'll, we'll do what god tells us to do for these under punishment but we're going to be a bearing witness to them and bring forth a glorious land to be a bear witnesses if they would have done this and stayed with the kingdom, this is what they'd have had. It's not to be um, rude. This is what God is doing for the glory of them so they can see and try to choose before they fail to have that last minute opportunity to turn to God because the Antichrist will be coming after God's seven-year reign is over. That starts in April. I believe it starts this April, best of my understanding. So we're very close to this time. And we're at the ending of the night, and night is judgment, and that's when he um, um, seals the word in us. Because if we don't have the word sealed in us, we will not be set apart with those that are going to be blessed 
to do everything it says. Because it talks about, remember, Romans 8 is telling us that the whole earth is waiting for the sons of God to arise. And they're still waiting. And it's the time to arise now. And this is that. So I'm telling you that the 70 times 7, which is this, you know, that's what the 70 weeks is all about. That's 70 times 7. And Jesus said, forgive them 70 times 7. In other words, you forgive them for the entirety of the eternal plan of God, because if you do not, those sins will be brought on you. You cannot do this. People don't want to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to work because you have to understand we have sin. Our sins will not be forgiven if we won't forgive others at this time and do everything we can to present to them the gospel. And uh, gospel is a terrible word. The word means called out assembly. Preach to them the knowledge of the truth, which is what the called out assembly will receive when they open their ears and hear the Lord and know the way of the words. Now, I want to point out, it's very important for us to understand that God gives us a command. You remember, it's like in, in Matthew twelve thirteen when he healed the leper and he said that he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and it was restored as, as whole as the other. Stretch out. See, the Lord is telling us that he stretched out his hand to us all this time. He's continually doing it. In Isaiah 65, 2, he says, I've stretched out my hands all day long to rebellious people. All of us are that. We're all caught in a snare, which he says in Luke 21, 34 36. We're rebellious. We will not hear his words, is what he said in John 8, 43 to 47. The preachers will not hear the knowledge of his words. They won't receive it. But they can't explain the supernatural. They believe in it. They believe they're supernatural, but they will not explain it. Everything by God is done by laws. Everything of God is by law. All his truth is law. Therefore, if his truth is law in Psalms 119, 142, it means that all his works are law. In other words, there is a law to it. We need to understand what the law is. Then we'd understand the miracles. Then we'd have faith in them. The Jewish people don't believe in miracles in these days because they have no faith. They, they, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10. But they will not listen to this. You know, they believe there's prophecy. They, they believe that sometimes there's miracles done. But I'm telling you that you have access to the authority of God. And we are now past, according to the calendar I believe in, we're past uh, 15th of Shabbat, which means it began the time of the almond tree flowering which means God's prepared to begin to do his words. And he's prepared to bring the people out if they will come out and if they will do what Joel 2, 12 to 20, then he says, I will hear them. And then I will set them apart. In other words, I'll drive the northern army far away from them. That means he'll do what they desire because they're going to be afraid of the world. That's, that's what causes them to turn finally and begin to seek the words because they'll finally see that they've done wrong, that the church is not safe. That it's going to be like it says in Matthew seven twenty one to 23. There's going to be people that have cast out demons and prophesied and healed many. And these, you know, they believe in the blood. They believe in all these things. They have believe in the Ten Commandments. But they would not hear his words, which is what the blood paid the price for. To receive the words, which is the knowledge of this understanding of how to speak in a pure language that enables the good works of God and sets apart the wicked sets the holy up the 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 righteous apart from the wicked 
in this day. But we have to, we have to bear witness to his words, bear witness to the good works of God. He didn't say that we'd come along and do miracles at this time. He said, all you're going to hear is the sound of the prophet Jonah. Just like Jonah. In other words, he's making his words known. He's calling out. He's making his words known. And we're telling the people, this is the message. It's his words. He told you the knowledge of truth will be received in, at the time of the end in Hebrews 10, 24 to 31. He said, when those come out and you don't receive it and you go on with sin, then you're going to get the wrath of God, period. And sin is a lot of things. One of them is taking care of the, you know, the people and so on. God tells us continuously, he stretched out his hand. Now, we know from the scriptures that he made everything by his words, by his spoken word and, and by doing the weight of his words. So what did he say? See, there's a very interesting statement made in Isaiah 45, 12. It says, I have made the earth and crema- created man on it. I, my hands stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. See, his hands. By his hands have authority; they have a pattern. In other words, it's a measurement, and so he knows the measurement of all these things. We don't know the measurement of the heavens; we don't know the full measurement of the creation. We can only know the pattern. We're not allowed to measure the creation. It's not of us to do that because everything is numbered and is set, and he protects that knowledge. But we can understand the pattern. We can understand the way of the words. And we continually can grow in this. But I'm saying to you, if you have an arm, it's like the, the lady, it's supernatural. When, when What Jesus said is that the things that I've done, you will do in greater things. That means that your arm can stretch out to save one or more. But your arm can move like this. I'm saying it's supernatural because particles are not limited. See, particles are not limited, and he can, in the flesh, he can put you in time is not limited. I can say this for perfection because God showed me this, because he took me to the creation and stood me in a firmament, the walls of the firmament, and I looked down upon the earth with him, and he showed it to me, and he told me, you've got to believe like a child, because I was trying to write out and design, write out the pattern that he was showing me from the scriptures to what the creation looked like. We know that the creation is called truth. The whole thing is truth because all his works are done in truth. In truth. It says his clouds are truth. It tells you that his words, I mean, the, the whole boundary of the creation is held together in clouds. He tells us the reeds are at the bottom of the sea. And we can think about Moses being put in a basket of reeds, made from reeds, and sealed, and put on that in the marsh. And a princess walked by, and her people were angry. Her handmaidens had said they were walking with her, and they were not happy that she would take this basket. But it tells you in verse 10 that she, by her hand, that's why she called him the name Moses, I took him out of the water. See, it, it was a miracle. This lady became famous. There's people now that archaeologists have proven. Roger Young, I think it's one, and they're, they're proven, I believe they know exactly who her name is and so on now. And they, they've they uh, proven the date from the tablets and so forth that they've, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the writing, Egyptian writings, they've now been able to identify this. 
and give her the name and the timing, and it agrees exactly with the scriptures. And she was, became famous, and she was very powerful until Moses slid, killed that um, person at that time. And she had to step down, is what they believe has happened, because it's not mentioned after that, her name. But up until that time, she was very famous and very powerful. And she was a daughter of a priest. And she was regarded to have extreme, uh, other words, things happen to her. Remember that the priests, you know, threw the rods down, they became serpents. They had some knowledge at that time. And she was able to stretch out her arm and grab that basket because God allowed this, allowed it to be done like that. That even in the house of the Pharaoh's household, Moses was brought in, was shown the way. I've been lucky, and I'm not comparing here, but I've just been lucky that the Lord allowed me to get in touch with some of the highest people in the world that run the dark side so I'd understand. It would be hard to believe the way of the world because everybody wants to believe the Vatican is in charge and they're doing all these things to the Vatican. It's not true. The Vatican is a substance. It's become a servant to the crown trust that runs the world right now at this time. And the Vatican days are limited. There's going to be a different um, false prophet that comes up with the Antichrist. But the Vatican's about to be destroyed by the Lord. And because of the, you can see that it's got to be destroyed. You can't reign seven years on the earth and allow the Vatican to stand with all of its occult ritual drawings and pictures. And even the design of it is like a womb and stuff. It's just, it's terrible. There's people like Jonathan Kleck and so forth that have given good explanation of the Vatican design and the obelisk and all that and the occult of it. So you can see the evil that's in this. It's got to be completely destroyed by the Lord and dropped to powder to get rid of that because he's going to overcome their what he calls their high mountains. Okay, my point to, that I wanted to get to you, he says, indeed, my hand was laid, has laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. This is Isaiah forty-eight thirteen. When I call to them, they stand up together. Well, how does Jesus call? He calls in the way of the words. So when the Lord tells us that we can ask this sycamore tree to be picked up by its roots and put somewhere, it's very important. And sycamore, by the way, has a gematria of 490, 70 times 7. It's all part of this plan of God. In other words, in God's plan, he says that by his arm, the particles will move. And he will do it and stretch out the heavens. The heavens is what? The heavens is there. He made it by his hand. And he said, by his right hand has stretched out the heavens. He laid the foundation of the earth by his hand. But then he goes on and he tells you he did it by his hands. In other words, he put in there both the justice and the righteousness. But his way is righteousness. The justice is there, but that's not the way he wants us to do things. He's coming as the son of righteousness. So we should try to do it with our right arm. And we measure things by that right arm. And God will restore. If people have arms that are withered and so forth at this time, this is the time of restoration on the greatest times on earth. Sycamore is in Isaiah 9.10. And you can see the Gematria is 490. The... Um, Lord tells us in, well, uh, Solomon records in Ecclesiastes 7, 17, he's, 
he's talking here. Now, let's go back up and read a little bit. Um, from verse 13 down on and Ecclesiastes 7, it says, Consider the work of God. For who... Well, maybe I should go a little bit earlier than that. Let's go to 11. It says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance. Remember the inheritance, 490? We're coming to the time and the appointment of the inheritance. See, when we anoint God and make him king, means we've had to receive our inheritance. So it's part of this. It's getting rid of sin. To get rid of sin, you've got to receive the inheritance, which is the words of God. So all of that is part of Daniel 9.24. We have to complete Daniel 9.24. And one of the earlier parts of that is to get rid of the sin. Do away with it. When you get rid of sin, what is left? The inheritance of God. Because everything else is righteousness. So it says, wisdom is good with an inheritance. When you under, inheritance means you understand this plan of God at times, as I've said in Job 24.1. Those who know the Father and say they know the Father should understand his times. And, and they should know them. And that's what we're saying here. We should know what 70 times 7 means. What that 70th week means. What the Lord meant when he said 70 times 7, forgive them. See, we're at this time where... We have, everybody has the opportunity, but understand that this ends right before the Antichrist takes power. The 70th week ends, the full 70th week ends right before the Antichrist takes power. That that all ends then. And then the 42 weeks will be. But there's seven years before that time. The first part of this, you know, he talks about the seventh week and in the middle of it, he takes away the sacrifice, which is the rapture. Those who made a sacrifice for him, he gathers in Psalms 50 and 4. So it says, wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. What is the sun? The sun is coming, the sun of righteousness. When, the, when we see the way of righteousness, wisdom becomes profitable to us. When we understand the words of God and our desire is to do the way the words of God, to reveal to people the right way, to those who are seeking the truth. You see, Peter was coming to him. Peter wanted to believe the words and he started coming to them, walk on the water. And he reached out his arm. God had that Miriam uh, talk to the mother and they saved the baby Moses and put it on the reeds and she was watching. And then she even came and uh, spoke to the, the people that saying there's a Hebrew woman who could nurse the child for the princess. I mean, that took a lot of Nerve and, and, and took a fullness of the Spirit of God that's in her to get her to do that. And the princess had to have the Spirit of God cause her to be able to reach out and pull that um, basket to her, basket of reeds, taking it off. Just like at this time, Egypt's trying to, to you know, ruin us, but God is going to, he says in Isaiah 19, he's going to cause Egypt uh, all their idols and everything to be destroyed, but those of Egypt to turn to him, he's going to restore. There'll be going to be a high road between Egypt and Assyria and Israel. He's going to make peace and all that in this time of the seven years. But it's got to come before that because it has to be that the 70th week, seven times 10, is the perfection week. That's when everything gets purified and those that aren't purified get punished. It says the wisdom is a defense as money is a defense, as, you know, treasures are a defense, you could say. See, we think that we can have walls and security and everything else around us, weapon system, we're giving weapons to Israel and that. Wisdom is higher than all that. 
The words of God can overcome all that. Supernatural harm stretches out. A tree can be moved from here to there. That's what they need to receive, and that's not, not being, that is not being taught to them. The shepherds are not doing a job. The excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. And I've explained wisdom and life in Daniel 6, 4, 9, Deuteronomy, excuse me, Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, and Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21 especially. It says, consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider, surely God has pointed to one as well as the other, so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. See, man, he's saying man cannot find it out, but those with the words will understand the plan because everything is made in the words and he pours out his spirit upon you and causes you to know his words. Proverbs one twenty three. That means you're going to have knowledge. You're going to have understanding of the Holy One, the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of the ways of the words, knowledge of his plan, knowledge how to fulfill, knowledge how to glorify him. All that will come. I have seen everything in my days of vanity. Vanity means emptiness. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness. There is a wicked man who prolongs life in his wickedness. See, there's going to be many in Matthew seven twenty-one to 23. It's going to say what? They're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I heal many in thy, in thy name? Didn't I cast out demons in thy name? Didn't I prophesy in your name? And he said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Because his law is truth. And he requires us in John seventeen seventeen that in this day we must receive the truth. We must receive the words of God. Or we will not be set apart because we're being judged by his words. John twelve forty eight. John seventeen seventeen is what he tells us there, and, and he explains it again. You got to that's the way to be sanctified in Joel two twelve to twenty. You have to be sanctified, which means you have to get his words, and then he will hear you. And that's what he's explaining in Joel two twelve to twenty. He said, "Do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be overly wicked, do no, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? Do not be overly wicked." nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? See, there's a time. God is saying there's appointed times. That's why people try to push the words on people and so on. It's a natural thing to do. You want to pause them to hear it. But you have to do the way of the words of God for them and allow those words to do their work to bring them at the perfect time. I have a friend, uh, Rick, who's done this so long, doing the way of the words constantly for people. Because when you just give them a cold cup of water, it will not lose its reward. There's going to be a time where the water is going to cause them to hear the word. And then they'll have the opportunity to decide before they die. I mean, that's the most likely thing. I mean, they could be rebellious and not want to hear anything. And when the Spirit calls on them, they'll reject it. But if they will, they'll, they'll receive the word and they'll hear it goes on, it says, it is good for you to grasp this and also not remove your hand from the other. For he who fears God will escape them all. What did Peter do? He feared that he yells out for God. See, fearing God is understanding God. If you understand his words and fear him, then you understand the way of the Lord. and You know that all things are in his hand and you don't fear dying. What you fear is losing him. You don't want to lose the kingdom. You don't want to lose the way of the Lord. So you call out to him in that kind of righteous fear and God is going to deliver you. Because he's going to deliver, you know, Moses tried many times asking the Lord to go on into the promised land. 
and he rejected it and he, because of what had been done because he had I've explained this in other writings and stuff, so I'm not going to go into it, but he had done some things, but he also, it was the testimony that he gave that he needed to depart at that time. If he hadn't struck the rock, it would have been different, but he was supposed to speak to it. So he was supposed to speak to the words. People want to hit things now. They want to hurt, hurt people. This is the time of the harvest. We have to bring forth the harvest at this time. That's what Moses failed. And, you know, you're not going to get to go into the, you're not going to be left behind to go into getting your blessings and reward here on earth. And and how much are you going to miss because of that? Do you want that so badly that you're going to lose everything else? That's what you got to think about. It says, for there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. See, we're all sinners. God's going to come and refine us. And he's going to, take our heart and change us. We're not changed yet. We're not perfected. We have not had his words, his word come in and circumcise our heart to remove all the darkness so we don't even think about the wrong ways. We're going to think because that's what we're coming to right now. That's what the Daniel 70th week is all about. He's going to circumcise our hearts and give us a testimony before all the world that we can be perfected. We can be made righteous. We can be a glory to God and shine like the light coming from our eyes because when the lord looks upon you with his face with his eyes he's looking at you with the full measure that's why he said you can, no one can look at his face and and live no man see moses hadn't yet got the fullness of the words and after he did he could go in and talk with the lord face to face and he came out shining and that's the way we will be but right now we're of still of the world let's look at romans 10 real quickly I want to look at that before we close here. Um, It's very important for us to understand this in Romans 10. Because he says, for the scripture says, this is verse 11, for whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Remember what 490 is, is judgment, either shamed or not shamed. It says ashamed is one of the words there, but inheritance is the other, which means you're not ashamed. If you have an inheritance of the words of God, you're going to complete the work he's given you to do. If you believe in that and you live in the way of it and you live in the way of righteousness and your eyes are always looking to do good, you're going to make it through. He's going to have He says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Knock and the door will be answered. Call upon him and he will cause the spirit that cannot enter the people of the world. See, we're of the world. He will not will not enter us when we're thinking in the way of the world. We have to have the thoughts like the Lord and have the eyes focused that we want to do all things in the way of his words. And when we do that, then he will pour out his spirit upon us and cause us to know his words. Proverbs one twenty three. But John fourteen fifteen seventeen, Jesus says that we cannot receive the spirit of truth because we're of the world. And if you're you know walking around with the currency of the world, we're trying to you know live our life with the currency of the world. And we're just expecting things to happen good for us without understanding this. We're going to be like Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three, and we're going to be left behind, being lawless because we do not understand the law of God. The law of God is His words never fail. The law of God is when we enable His works and we have the right to enable His works which comes with the arm, by the way. See, our arm, our hand is a palm print. It, it, it's unique to us. Our measurement is assigned to us. God has a reason for all those things. He's made us so that we can enable the works that we're given to do and to glory the way of the words. 
We'll understand that sometime as we grow in wisdom and understanding. And God glorifies that for the work that he's given to do. It says, and it, it goes on here. Uh, what did I, where did I leave off here? It says, for there is no, okay. Uh, verse 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel 2.32. All that call upon the name of the Lord, but please remember what the name of the Lord is in this day. Revelation 19, 11 to 13 tells you that the name of the Lord is the king of kings, but what is the words of the king? That's where the power is found. And the name written on his leg is the word. That's the word they do not know. The words of God, they do not understand. There are words of God. And these words of God enable all the f- promises of the Father that were prepared for the foundations of the world. That's why he said when he laid out the foundation of the earth, that means he laid out the words that bring forth correction to all things. And that's why your hand can do whatever is necessary to bring forth the correction of all things. See, your, your arm can stretch. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Do not fail to understand these things. God, the supernatural can happen because anything can made, be made anything at any time. See, God, time is, time is not, it, it's the strange thing because God took me back to see the creation. All things are made. He, he gives glory. We, at the end of the time, we'll be able to go back and remember everything because he's going to cause us to see everything can happen at all the time. And we'll be like we're in that moment when we do it because that's what time is. Time is a measurement. And time is where the particles were at any given time. So at any given time, he can take us back and see that because what? He's testifying that from the every moment of history, from beginning to the end, that's why he says he's from the beginning to the end, he made all things by his words, and therefore his words are by beginning to the end. So all the particles, at the moment that he requires of them, they'll be where they're supposed to be at that given time. That's why he can reconstruct everything. You can't get away with nothing because God can reconstruct every exact moment of time he's going to ask you why you did this or that but they have not all obeyed the the good news they call it gospel but the gospel means good news and the church they use the church means called out assembly i think i said that wrong a while ago i said gospel was called out assembly it's the church they're using the word church which shouldn't be The, the greek word is called out assembly and the word gospel means good news. What is that? That's so important. They they totally, the devil had them change this and use the word gospel, which I hate this word. I hate it because it doesn't give you the truth. Good news means the news of the promises of the good works of God that are enabled by his words. That's what the that should be saying. He says, but they have not all obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? You know, we've been testifying of the words now almost 14 years. It'll be 14 years in April. And people have not heard. They will not they even call the abomination straight from the pits of hell the same thing they said to Jesus. They're doing it today. The preachers, the most intelligent, the biggest, biggest preachers in the world are doing that. Just like the rabbis of Jesus' day. Same. He says, so then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot hear what Jesus is saying, unless you have the knowledge of the words of God, because he's always speaking in the way of his words from the beginning to the end. Nothing has changed. You're only getting milk knowledge. You're only getting the knowledge of the languages of the world. You're not getting the words that he always speaks. His thoughts, his words, his ways are higher than ours. Why don't we want to understand his pure language? 
get that. It says, and then you'll be able to understand why your arm can go out. And it's by faith all these things he's done. Because he fastened the disciples when he didn't able to do something. He says, where's your faith? And he told Peter when he started going to water, where's your faith? Where's your hearing the word? See, the water, we overcome the water. The waters is the nations, the multitudes, the tongues, the languages. So when you were walking in the way of the words, you can walk on the water. In the way of the words. You don't test God. But if it's for the glory of God, just like the three men in the fire, God is there. The word is there. It'll bring you through it. Not even smoke got on their garments. But I say that they have not heard. Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. See, the Lord's words are everywhere. They're living. The, the, the Hebrews 10, 12 tells, uh, tells you that. They're living words that judge us, as it says in, in, in the fourth day of creation. He put the words, the lights. See, his entrance of his words gives light. He put the light into the earth in the beginning of day one. Then he put the judgment words um, that we're to be tested on uh, in, uh, in the heavens. That means he put all the promises there available with the words because they judge us and we're judged by the words. Well, the words means we're judged by the works of God. Did we do them or not do them? Did we take our inheritance or we didn't? But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. See, we are the foolish nation, the Gentile nations. We've, we've worshipped the world. We've done every kind of sin. I, I, I am a terrible sinner. And we've done all those things, but God is bringing us to bring the words back to Israel and the preachers will not do it. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I have found, I was found by those who did not seek me. And I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. This is the Lord. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. See, Israel, the meaning of Israel means the vicarious ones, the vicarious for God. In other words, they're the, the vicarious governor. These are the ones who's supposed to take care of the kingdom and bring forth his teachings and everything else. All the people who believe in the Lord, it'd be like this. It'd be of Israel. But the nation of Israel is a disgrace. It doesn't speak to the words of God. They do not have, know how to govern because God rules by his word. And they do not know the word. They do not know the words. He stretches out his hands, which means the measurement. He's trying, see, all of us have a measurement of time. All of us have a measurement of days. That's why he tells us to number our days. And our authority is in our prints, in our eyes. But we do not have the light of his words in our eyes. We're not looking for him. As, and our, our flesh is not a frontlet. Words are not frontlets to our eyes. Like Jesus said, he puts the candlestick, the seven candlesticks in front of his eyes. In other words, it's the full measure, the seven spirits of God for the full measure of the time. The seven spirits all the way up. But we're about to receive that. He's about ready to give that to us. But he said, we are a disobedient and contrary people, which agrees with Luke 21, 34 to 36, and we must turn from that and get some faith. If we will do that, then nothing's impossible to us. I hope this has been helpful to people tonight. I pray that there's been something in here because I could go on and on uh, about this. You know, um, I told you about the, but well, there's a good one. I, I want to speak this one real quickly. Matthew 12, 49. Um, remember when the, he said, uh, 
He stretched out his hand toward his disciples and he said, here are my mother and my brothers. See, what what the Lord is talking about when he stretches out his arm, he's talking about the full measure of his kingdom. That's 70 times 7. He's talking about, he's trying to bring this forward to the completion. They are his mother and my brothers. The mother is, is he's going to put the words in them. They're to do good. You see, a woman is to 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 have uh, this desire. A mother is to to care for the children and bring them forth, and that that's what it's to be to, to prepare the way for them, put them in the presence of the word to be taught. And the brothers are those who do good for each other and bring forth the work of the kingdom. The mothers are bringing forth the generational plan. You know, they're, they're bringing forth, setting the table for the seed the seed to get the knowledge of truth so that they can grow. And, and like it says in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 21, you know, it's a law of the parents that he's talking about. Psalms 78, 1, 1 to 8 tells you in verse 8 that this is the law of the parents. He's talking about, I think it's verse 8, but it's in 78, 1 to 8. And it, he's talking about this being, you have to teach the words and teach the works of God so they can understand them in the way of the words. That's what we do every night, every evening. And that's why there's light in the evening. You're always going to receive. God made it a rule. There's light in the evening. If you teach the words and plant them in the evening, what's going to happen? I mean, by the seed, other words, spoken them into, into the people. Then during the night, he stirs that knowledge up and starts building them with it because he seals instruction in the night. If they really want to know what you're teaching them, and they ask the Lord to make it known. He'll begin to make it known to them. During the night, he seals it in them. And in the morning when they wake up, they begin to begin to realize what the words meant. And they begin to, you know, day by day, line by line, they'll come into increased knowledge of everything. I praise you. I thank you for listening. And I pray this has been helpful. Lord, I praise your name. I praise you, Lord, for being so generous with us, Lord, to allow us. And Father, you told us in James five nineteen to 20, if you find that people don't know the truth, to bring them to the knowledge of truth, it covers a multitude of sins. And Father, let them have hope. And this day, they're going to realize the sins that we've all made. They're going to realize why you said that the, the you know prophets and preachers and so on are going to be cast out if they don't turn. And Lord, we pray they'd understand there's an opportunity to turn. And Lord, we pray they will do that and get the power that overcomes the world and brings forth your kingdom because we're required to receive this at this time. Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for your patience with us. And Lord, we pray that you will shake us and bring us to where you want us. Lord, let no truth. You teach them, Father, you are the, the one teacher. And Lord, we thank you for that. We ask you, Lord, all these things in thy precious and thy holy name. Amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.